depth of our soul as we read your word, as we hear from your spirit together and individually, so that indeed we might bring glory to your name and be empowered by you as witnesses of your grace, love, and wondrous, wondrous power. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Passage this morning as we continue through the book of John is John chapter 13. And also, uh, it's on page 876 in your pew Bible. Also works uh, well because we enter into the last week of Jesus' life. I mentioned at Ash Wednesday, the, the beginning of the, the Lenten season that the church has been uh, celebrating for hundreds and hundreds of years, these um, 40 days before the, the most, uh, in order of preparation for the most glorious day in all of history as we prepare for celebrating the resurrection of Christ. So this season of, of, of Lent is one of preparing for that day. And John, uh, the Gospel of John, um, breaks Jesus' life about in, in half where we get his first 32 years and uh, 50 weeks or so. And then the second half of the book of John is from his, this, the last week of his life. Uh, gives us a, a little bit of the sense of the significance of that last week. And so today, we, uh, the end of chapter 12 uh, has moved into this last week of Jesus' life and what we call um, Holy Week. And it's John, Jesus with the disciples. And a fam- the f- familiar to some of you where he washes the disciples' feet. It's found on page 876 in your Pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper... Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table and took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. For that is what I am. 
So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But it is to fulfill the scripture. The one who ate my bread has lifted his head against me. I tell you this now before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Very truly, I tell you, whoever receives one whom I sent receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Then to verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, I really think, as I look at this passage, that this is the best uniform for Jesus and any of Jesus' followers. Not a fancy, smancy, uh, academic robe, but a simple kitchen apron with some smudges and some dirt on it sort of yellowed by its use and being washed over and over again. Because this is the call of the Jesus follower to serve just like Jesus served. To love one another like Jesus loved us. This is what is essential to be a Jesus follower. And it's the kind of love that doesn't come because we want it to come or because we have an emotional attachment to folks or even a volitional attachment to folks. This is the the depth of love that only comes from the Spirit within us. As, As Jesus was about to carry out His little object lesson, we're told in verse 3 that He knew the Father. He knew what the Father had given him. He knew that he had come from the Father and he knew he was going to the Father. His identity, his purpose, his meaning, his security came from the one whom we know to be love. And out of that relationship then could flow through him a love that only comes from God. A love that serves others. That love means to serve others, to give to others at your own possible loss. It means to, to, to sacrifice for the benefit of others. 
That's the love that Jesus shows. It means to put ourselves in harm's way for the benefit of others. Everything that we do as a community of Jesus followers that is in line with God is teaching us and forming us to love like Jesus. When we gather to worship, it is to connect us with one another, to connect us to our Creator who is love, who must fill us so that we love like Jesus. When we gather in spiritual formation gatherings, when the children gather for children in worship, when Sunday school meets, all the Bible studies that we do are not to increase our head knowledge. They're not, just, they're not ultimately to increase our head knowledge. They're not ultimately to increase and, and inspire our emotions. They are to touch us in the depth of our spirit and soul so that we are connected with the Father of life and love and so live according to that love, to that sacrificial love. It is not a mutual arrangement of I'll scratch your back and you scratch mine. Because one of the twelve that Jesus washed their feet didn't scratch Jesus' back. Jesus washed Judas' feet. Say that with me. Jesus washed Judas' feet. The one who was to betray him was there. Maybe one of the most shocking verses that I read was verse 31. When he had gone out. Because the he was Judas. Judas had been there for the object lesson. He had been there to, to receive the washing. He had been there to receive the command. The key elements... That Jesus then teaches the disciples and teaches us are found, I believe, in verses 12 through 17, then of this passage. Where he, he tells you, now, I, I just gave you an example. I am your Lord. I am your teacher. You believe that? Yes. You are our Lord. You are our teacher. Well, then I just set a pattern for you. I just set an example for you as to how I live, therefore you are to live also. If you, so if I, verse 14, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That is the the crucial, essential element that connects us. His love alive in us as we love one another. Isn't it amazing all the other things we can put in its place? All, All the things that can become, that are secondary, that we can make primary when it comes to following Jesus. We can get into how we're supposed to dress or the music we're supposed to sing or the style of worship or politics or we can get into certain doctrinal, theological elements that are important and significant. But they are secondary to this 
calling of Jesus, to the purpose that we gather together to be His disciples, His followers, Christians, little Christs. As a a session, as we've been praying throughout the the fall, November and December, asked us to to be in prayer for the session, ask you to continue to be in prayer for the session as they are are seeking to discern God's calling and leading for, for us as a church how we best organize ourselves and the staff, not just, to, not just for today, but for tomorrow. And, and some difficult decisions that are being made, and now in conversation with the, the staff. But what has so impressed me and so moved me was that as we're in this conversation, in this process of discernment together, the, the session and the staff, to, to best organize us to fulfill the mission God has for us today and tomorrow is that we're not trying to do it the most efficient way. We're not trying to do it the most frugal way. We're not trying to do it the the most audacious way. We're trying to do it the way that is characterized by love and service to God and to one another. And I can't tell you how refreshing And wondrous it is to be a part of a challenging process, but where that is our goal, that is our driving force, the very love of God. And as Brian mentioned at the beginning, how beautiful it is to be a part of a a community that, that is seeking to live this out, to love one another, to care for one another. And to do that in in real ways, providing money and a deacon's fund to to help care for those needs that come up with those in our community of faith. Medical supplies and equipment available for those in need. Transportation, food, clothing. At times of distress, times of disease. It's beautiful to see. And it's the the wondrous transaction of a community of little Christs trying to follow Christ. This great commandment, this new commandment that He has given us. And why it's important that we continue to connect with one another so openly and honestly that we share with each other what our needs are so that they can be known and fulfilled through His love. Now now some of you may be uh, thinking and I I like those examples. Those are good examples. I like it as the church is trying to live that out as an organization and as individuals we share with one another. But does that mean I have to love so-and-so? Does that mean I have to, you know, they come to the other service. They sit on the other side of the sanctuary. Does that mean I need to love them? Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, it means as followers of Jesus that those people that go to that church down that way who are more conservative than us, they they don't dance, they don't raise their hands at all, and they even say that women can't be in ordained ministry. We love them in Jesus too. And and those people that claim to be Jesus followers who are seeking to follow them, they go to that church up there and they got the wrong understanding of what homosexuality is about. But they're trying to follow Jesus. We got to love them too. Remember, 
Jesus washed Judas' feet. See, I told you, this wasn't a love that was just a nice, good feeling for one another. This wasn't a love that was for people that were attracted to the same things, who liked the same things, who looked the same way, who talked the same way, who had the same aesthetic appreciation. This is a love that is about the love of God from the depth of our souls that enables us to love people we simply don't like. To serve people. To wash the feet of those we might encounter as a Judas or even a Peter who denied Jesus right to his face. And Jesus knew it. He told Judas and he told Peter right there that he knew it. Now, love does not mean that we give to people what they want. If you notice, you know, Jesus didn't give Peter what he wanted. Peter's a great illustration here. On the one hand, Peter had to be willing to receive to be part of the community. At first, Peter told Jesus, no, don't wash my feet. And then Jesus said, well, if you don't want me to wash your feet, you can have nothing of me. Well, then Peter said, hey, let me, how about a whole shower here? To which Jesus said, no, Peter, you don't need that either. I wish love was just give people what they want. That's easy. Easy to figure out, but that's not what the work of love is. There are times the most loving thing to say to another person is no. So, so certainly we are called to love people who we believe have wronged us. But love never lets evil continue. Love never perpetuates evil. Probably one of the, the greatest illustrations of living out this kind of Jesus love I experience as I continue to, to read and understand the ministry of Martin Luther King Jr. For he tells us that love does not cooperate with evil. Matter of fact, love has a moral obligation to not cooperate with evil and has a moral obligation to cooperate with good. Now, you, you may be saying, but you don't understand what this person has done. And you're right, I don't, but Jesus does. Because He washed Jesus' feet. And, and I encourage you at this moment, those people who are fellow followers of Jesus Christ, whom you dislike, who you don't want to wash their feet, I encourage you to ask now that Jesus would enable you to wash their feet. To serve them in some way. Because Jesus is clear here. Jesus says, I'm Lord. I'm the one who's the teacher, right? And so any student, any disciple, is not greater than his teacher. So if you want to come up with a better way to do it, then you go right ahead. But don't call yourself a follower of me. If you've got a different example, a different model, a way to follow, you know, then, then go with it, but recognize you are saying you know more than Jesus. It 
See, we as a community of Jesus followers aren't interested in just tolerating one another. We're, we're not interested in just everybody getting along. Because that's not the call. That's not the depth of the call of our Lord and Savior. We want to continue to be drawn into the power of the Spirit so that we not just tolerate, not just we just all get along, but that we serve and love one another in line with the sacrificial love of our Lord and Teacher. That's what we're about. That's the boat that we're on. That's the community that we want to be. And it's the power that is alive within us. And it is, as we... Look at our passage. One of the ways that is Jesus' evangelistic campaigns. See, looks at his disciples there and he tells them, as you love one another, others will know that you're my followers. By this, Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is our uniform. This is what we wear every day. This is what Jesus is teaching us, what the Spirit is enabling us to live to take on an apron and to learn to serve and to love and to care for one another so that the world might see, might wonder, might be astonished by how they love one another and will know that we are simply following the example of our leader. Amen. Brothers and sisters, as God has given us everything, as Jesus has offered His own body for us, now we continue to follow His example, offering ourselves, offering our very, the very sustenance He has given to us. We offer that back to Him as an act of worship. Let us gloriously continue to worship our Creator.